Welcome in, everybody. It is Friday, so you know it's time to get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. It's always a pleasure to speak to this man. If you want to know anything about the sport of MMA, you should be paying attention to what he has to say and what he's writing about at MMAJunkie.com. He is the senior editor, and he is with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. He's Dave Doyle. Dave, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing great, man. There's a, there's a lot to discuss. I haven't had a chance to catch up with you in quite a while, so I want to hit hit you with a few different things. But I want to get your thoughts on on the uh, the main event coming up this week. The heavyweight division has got a little buzz about it now because Francis Ngannou seems to have rebounded from what was a dreadful performance we all talked about after the Derek Lewis fight, and uh, he looks to be the intimidating, overwhelming figure again. Uh, going up against Junior Dos Santos, a guy who knows what it is to be the champ, and it doesn't feel like this is going to be one that goes to the scorecard. So I, I'm curious, do you feel like the heavyweight division is in is in good shape? Is it in great shape? Because I've always maintained, yeah, there have been exciting fighters in the heavyweight division, but it's never been deep. It's never been a great division. Where, what, just give me your, your thoughts on the, the health of the, the heavyweight division as it's currently constructed. I mean, it's never so the heavyweight division has never been deep in terms of like, okay, so the lightweight division, you've got like, what, like about 20 trained killers that can that can uh, step in and knock each other off at, at any given moment. So you don't have that type of depth. But, you know, the heavyweight division, the top of the division, it seems like no matter which era we're in, the top four or five guys are always... Um, you know, really elite, strong guys. Or maybe it drops off a little bit after that, but, um, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's a more top-heavy division, but there's, it's been rare that there hasn't been um, an interesting, intriguing to the general public match somewhere at the top. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. As long as you have, um, you know, say, as long as you have an up-and-comer like Francis Nagano in the mix, and as long as you have, uh, really durable long-term guys like Junior and former champion Stipe Miocic. And we don't know how long DC will actually let DC said he'd be retired by now, but you know how that is with fire fighter retirement. So we'll have him for another fight or two. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, if, if you're waiting for to wake up one day and find out that the heavyweight division is all of a sudden as stacked as the welterweight division, you're going to be waiting for a while, but you know, I see no reason why we can't have over the next the next couple of years down the road, there's always going to be a fight at the top of the division that, that gets people's attention, and that's one that we have coming up on Saturday night. Where, where do you think Junior is in his career? He's a guy, I mean, you couldn't meet a nicer guy. I love talking to the guy. I'm sure you've talked to him a million times. But I, I'm curious, he's a guy who's taken a lot of damage. He tends to get in there. If he doesn't knock you out, he's going to take a lot of damage, as we've seen for whatever reason, he, you know, he does have his black belt in jiu-jitsu, but I, I, I don't recall ever seeing him taking anybody down or, or even <laughs> attempting a submission, and I know that's been a conversation in the build-up to this fight. But just looking at where, he, where where do you think, is he past his prime? Is he a guy that's looking at his last shot here? Where do you, where do you put Junior? Oh, man, that's, you know, every time you want to count Junior Dos Santos out, he, he goes on another run. So so I hesitate to, to call him past his prime. Um but however, I mean, I think this fight is a big one in terms of, you know, figuring that out because uh, I'll admit after he lost to Stipe Miocic uh, a couple of years back, I was like, OK, that's that that's about it for Junior. And then he turns right back around and uh, runs off a string of victories. And now he's up with the guy who, you know, Francis. 
Maybe Francis is destined to become champion someday. Maybe he got pushed a little too soon into his first title fight. He's rebounded nicely. Um, if Junior can, if Junior can stop Francis here, then you know, I don't know. I'm hedging because, like, I really <laughs> don't know. I really don't know, and I think we're going to go a long way towards finding that out on Saturday night. It, uh, just looking at, uh, and as you said, we're not we're not sure what Daniel's going to do uh, past his, his rematch with Stipe, but. Is is he a guy that you think has got a lot of fight left in him if he wants to continue, or do you look at a guy in, in Daniel Cormier that looks like, okay, he's getting out at the right time before he takes a bunch of damage, before the skills start to erode? I think if I think Daniel is still at a position where if he stayed at heavyweight and didn't cut down to light, didn't have to subject himself to those awful weight cuts down to light heavyweight, that he could probably continue to perform at a peak level for a couple more years if he wanted to. Um, does he want to? You know, I mean, he does take. He is taking damage. He is going up against guys who are, um, who are, you know, hitting a whole lot harder than guys are at light heavyweight. Um, if he wants to, I think he still has it in him to go. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, at, at what point, how, how how much longer do you want to stop? Uh, do you want to keep subjecting yourself to this? But based on what we've seen in the cage, I haven't seen anything that suggests yet that that he's that he's anywhere near being done. And the heavyweights, you know, they they always have that traditional kind of longevity that that others don't seem to have, where they they can just go. I mean, how long is Frank Mir a top level fighter in the UFC? Um, that Fedor Melianenko is headlining a show at age forty two, headlining a big show. So I think if he wanted to do this, he could keep doing it. Um, and if he was to decide to step away soon, it would be other factors not involved with what, you know what he's actually doing when he steps in the cage. Yeah, and in the case of Fedor, I think it'd be easy to argue he's been done for a while, and the, the idea that he just signed a new deal for multiple fights is almost sad as an MMA fan and a Fedor fan, but... Uh, hopefully, we don't see anything like that with, with Daniel Cormier. Does does this uh, division? Uh, what what happens when when and if if and when John Jones says, "All right, I'm stepping up. I'm going to put the weight on. I'm going to take on whoever." How much how much of a spotlight does that put on the division? Assuming he he maintains his his unbeaten streak at the light heavyweight division, gets through Santos coming up next weekend. What, what do you think that does to the heavyweight division? I think that I think John Jones going to the heavyweight division would pretty much electrify the sport. Um, you know, I mean, we're getting close to the point. I actually think Tiago Santos has a better chance of making a real fight out of this next week than than, um, than most people uh, are are uh, even considering. But that said, I mean, we're at a point with Jones where it's kind of like. Um, uh, man, I don't mean to disrespect the contenders, but it kind of feels like uh, old school Saturday morning wrestling when the star is just taking on the opponent, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and there really isn't too much excitement or energy left in watching John just take on guys that the public perceives that he has no real chance of um, of losing to. So with that in mind, I mean, at some point he's just got to be like, okay, this isn't a challenge anymore. This isn't exciting to me um if he really cares about his his legacy and he does if he could go up to heavyweight and dominate there that that answers any type of questions as to whether um you know whether he is the greatest fighter of all time for me i would like to see if we end up with john jones versus daniel cormier for a third time i 
like overwhelmingly would prefer to see that at heavyweight, even though Jones doesn't want it, because we've already seen how that script goes at light heavyweight. And I'd like to see how that fight goes down without, without Cormier having to drain himself to make the light heavyweight limit. And with that, with that kind of heavyweight punching power. Um, so I think, so that's one fight. Jones versus Stipe is intriguing. Jones versus Junior is intriguing. Jones versus Francis is intriguing. Contrast that to, I mean, what's he going to do if he beats if he beats Diego Santos again? Like, what? Did you have a rematch with like Anthony Smith or something? No one's signing up to to watch that again. So uh, I think it would be like a best of all world scenario of Jerome up to heavyweight. Yeah, it, it, and that you touched on what my next question was going to be is. What's next for him if he does get – and I agree, I think Santos presents a problem. But anytime I've thought that, Jones has just kind of run through whoever. I mean, he, he really, outside of the first <laughs> the first uh, uh, fight with, with um, uh, Alexander, when's he truly been tested? I mean, it was a little awkward against, uh, I guess, Leota Machida for a little bit. Then he, he submits him. I mean, he really has never been in, in great danger, even, even looking like he had a chance of losing a fight. You know, I mean, you, like, if you go back to the first fight against Daniel, like, through three rounds, I had Daniel winning that one two to one before Johns ended up turning things on. And then in the rematch with Daniel, it was competitive right up until John hit him with the head kick. That's why um, I'm interested in seeing how that how that plays out if they go at go at um, heavyweight. Other than that, no, you're right. He it, he hasn't been challenged very often. Part of the reason why I think that Santos. Um, it presents more of a challenge and people are giving him credit for is just that John seems to be blasé about this fight. That's certainly how he came across. We had a media day here in LA on Monday. He seems, um, I don't know. He doesn't seem too excited or he doesn't seem, you know, when John fixates on something tangible, like a real goal, that's when we see his really just his most splendid performances in the cage. And he had the same type of um, attitude going into the Gustafson fight, too. So that's part of that and combined combined with Santos being ridiculously tough, just stupidly tough, and also, you know, with ridiculous punching power, makes me think that, again, I, I'm not saying Jones is going to lose this. Jones is going to win this, but I think it's going to be a more competitive fight than people think. Who, who would be the – let's assume he says, no, I'm not moving up yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at the light heavyweight division. I mean, I know everybody's pushing to see him fight Johnny Walker, who, in my opinion, is not ready. He looks like he's got the raw tools and could be a problem down sure. the road. Uh, I know Luke Rockhold wants to talk his way into it, but he – I don't know. I'm not excited. I haven't even seen him fight at light heavyweight yet. Who's the logical next guy? Assume if we we play this out and say he wins this fight, who would be next at the, at the light heavyweight division? Yeah, I agree with you on um, on uh, Johnny Walker. I think he has all the tools, but he is like two years away from from even being mentioned in the same breath as a fight with Jones. Um, so if you want to go with the actual divisional structure. Um, Jan Bokovitz is um, returning to action on Saturday night and fighting Rockhold. So, you know, that's not exactly a name that's going to, uh, th- th- that's going to light up the sky with, with, with fireworks. But if, if we do this exercise here, if Bokovitz wins, he, it, you know, he, he gets a big win over a big name in Luke Rockhold, and that would give him five wins in his past six fights. So if you want to argue from, like, a divisional perspective, he would be the le- the next in line if we're just looking at lining up kind of the opponent of the month, so to speak, for Jones. 
uh, hit out the best case. If Rockhold wins, uh, you know, the UFC loves to find, come up with, like, grudges and things that they can hype. And I think, I think Jones would slaughter Rockhold at this stage of the game. But Rockhold is Cormier's teammate, and he's a former champion, and the fans know who he is. So, you know, essentially it would kind of come down to the winner of that fight. Yeah, it's, uh, doesn't it feel like his most interesting matchups are guys that just aren't quite ready yet, whether it's whether we're talking about Johnny Walker. I know Israel Adesanya is a guy who's talked a lot, and him and Jones have gone back and forth. Obviously, he's not in the same division currently, but feels like, yeah, we're looking years down the road. When those guys are ready, maybe Jones is either a heavyweight or he's retired. I mean, who knows? It feels like, unfortunately, the most interesting opponents are a couple of years away. Pretty much, and um, you know that's that's why we're we're talking about hey maybe John should go to heavyweight or maybe um, you know maybe this or maybe that. But it, it's always when you get to that point that oh hey this guy's cleaned out the division that the crazy things happen. So who knows? Uh, last one before we let you go. What's the one fight you're looking forward to that we're not talking about that we haven't discussed uh, to this point? Uh, you know what? I actually really dig the fight between Joseph Benavides and uh, Juicy A. Formiga on Saturday night. Um, I, you know, the UFC's flyweight division is a self-created mess by the division. But other than uh, other than Hendrik Cejudo, you know, these are the two best guys left in the division at flyweight. And Joe Benavides is a guy that like. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that Demetrius Johnson was there, Joe had the bad luck of being the clear-cut second-best guy who lost twice, who only lost in the division at the time or to the long-term champion. And he's, you know, Joe's been a a really good long-term, high-level performer who's been just off in his championship quest. And then Formiga is a guy who, um, he came into the UFC with a lot of hype as being, he was, assumed to be the next one before DJ emerged at, uh, at flyweight. And he got off to a bit of a rocky start, including a first-round loss to Benavidez six years ago. But he's on the hottest streak he's been in in the UFC, and he's, um, he seems to be putting it all together. So whether or not that actually leads to a flyweight title shot, because Cahuto is both flyweight and bantamweight champion and has also um, resting up from uh, a shoulder injury, so it's going to be a while, whether or not they get that title shot, this is like the clear-cut next guy in line, and it should be a great fight. Great stuff as always. Dave Doyle, senior editor at MMAJunkie.com, has been our guest here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Dave, always fun to talk to you, man. You do a great job. Really appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Always a pleasure, Bob. Have a good weekend.